Hello. There we go. Hey. <laughs> hey, Barbara, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? I'm doing great. Oh, this is Ashley and Homera. Nice to meet you guys. Hey, nice to meet you. Yeah. So we can get started now. Um, so what I thought we'd start with, first of all, just uh, if you ladies could do a, maybe a brief introduction of yourselves. So let's start with Ashley because you sort of are about beside me on the screen. Please. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Uh, well, my name is Ashley Fox. I am a registered practical nurse um, in Minto Township, um, in Ontario. Uh, I am certified in gerontology. Um, I'm also an advanced foot care nurse. And uh, up until about, I've just ended my last term with Conestoga College for teaching as well, um, teaching in senior living. Uh, I have been a nurse for 12 years, uh, primarily working in uh, the home care sector right now as a nurse case manager. Um, but other than that, I, my background has been in retirement, assisted living, hospital, mental health and addictions. Wow, and, and also, yeah, and also the most awesome hair ever, just saying. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to comment earlier. Okay, Hamera, you're up. Yeah, Hamera, you're up, please. Oh, so, hi, guys. My name is Homera. Um, Homera Ahmed. I'm 22 years old. I'm a registered nurse, born and raised in Hamilton, currently live in Mississauga. Um, and I'm a, so I graduated from McMaster a year ago now. It's crazy because June 29th, like a lot of, the, I see a lot of the fourth years graduating and getting into their places. So I work in the emergency department. I worked a little bit in cardiac as well in the cardiac department. And um, currently I am uh, like traveling a little bit as well. So that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Barbara, you're up. Uh, hello, everyone. I am Barbara. I'm also a registered nurse. I've been a registered nurse now for five years, uh, which is so exciting. I've been working on the cardiac telemetry floor since being a new grad, and I love the floor. I initially started working as a full-time nurse, and I've recently um, brought my hours down a little bit because I started a little side hustle business related to nursing. So I started a brand called Nurse IQ two years ago. Um, so I've kind of decreased my hours uh, working at the hospital so I can focus a little bit on that and kind of um, try to give myself um, to kind of both of those. And then I've also been um, on Instagram for five years now on the Year Nursing Educator account, um, just spreading education and motivation to nursing students. So that's me. <laughs> that's great thank you so much okay so we're going to get right into it i got a few questions as you all know mm -hmm. uh and we're going to start off with something that's uh, of course been a real problem you know it was a problem before covid a big problem now mm -hmm. so do you think that the burnout situation that you know is happening everywhere and is definitely in healthcare and with a lot of nurses so uh, do you think that burnout is the biggest challenge faced by nurse nurses this uh these days um, I'll, I'll start with Barbara. Yeah, so burnout's definitely an issue. I feel like a lot of us, especially uh, after these past few years, are just so, so done with nursing. We just feel like we've given it our all, and the lack of support um, is just going to end up leading to burnout. And I've seen it come from nurses who have been working on the floor for only a year or two years. They they physically and emotionally 
haven't been able to process everything that's been going on and I feel like if we had the support from the upper management from the government um something from someone it it maybe would have helped a little bit but really it's just been that lack of support from literally everyone apparently we're these healthcare heroes but um and we're the backbone of the hospital which we are and no one's treating us the way that we should be and so it's just going to result in burnout and mental health issues i've seen so many nurses unfortunately leave the bedside but at the end of the day i don't blame them if they're able to find um, another career outside of, of at least bedside nursing. They can still work in the field of nursing, but just something that isn't so demanding and an area that isn't so, right. I don't know, like underappreciated, it feels like. Um, I don't know. I, I definitely think it's a huge issue and it's going to continue getting worse if we can't properly address it. And it has to come from the people up here because what more can we do? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, before we go to Ashley Hamara, I was going to say one of the things that I thought would, uh, from the beginning, and I've said this even before COVID, is I think everybody in upper management in any hospital or healthcare setting should work on the floor for a while yeah. to, to develop empathy, to understand what it's like for nurses and yeah. PSWs and everybody who's a frontline healthcare worker. You know, uh, Hamara, what, what, what do you think? A hundred percent. So I'm a new grad registered nurse. I graduated last year. I started working as a PSW with, within med surge floors. I was working um, on oncology, cardiac, on um, uh, in the chemo. So yeah, I've worked in a lot of different uh, the, of the areas, even like general medicine. And the burnout is so bad. And for probably six months, like I worked on temporary license in cardiac. And so on nights, I would have like, I want to say... 10 patients all by myself as a new grad nurse. And the reality is that when you're in nursing school, you're only getting like four patients, right? Four patient assignment. And here you are maybe sometimes the only nurse on the floor at nights during breaks, especially, and you're managing the whole entire floor yourself. So the burnout is really bad. And on top of that, it's, it's really unsafe as well. It's unsafe. And I yeah. think having experience on the floor, you really under, you really get to, um, see how the other nurses are dealing with it. I mean, I, I am in Emerge as well, but I started off on the floor too. And I wasn't, I didn't go to Emerge until about three months after working um, full-time in, in the floor. And it's just crazy how bad and how the lack of support that they get, the nurses get, the PSWs get, and day shift, night shift, there's a big difference as well. So it really, a lot of what Barbara was saying about the support coming from upper hand, it really needs to come because no matter what we say, it's not getting hurt. Yeah, well said. Ashley, how do you feel? Uh, I'm going to bring a unique perspective here. So I represent a management role as well as a frontline role. And I actually burnt out in my upper management role. I was a DOC in a retirement community, uh, which had an assisted living floor and an independent floor. One of the things that was constantly... Um, thrown out was that I didn't understand what it was like to work as a frontline. But the reality is any sick call, any coverage, I could not leave, leave my patients without care, mm -hmm. which meant the DOC was coming in, which meant the DOC was not able to do their responsibilities, their audits, their admissions, things of that nature, because unfortunately, I was now tied to that nursing role on the floor. Um, so it's easy for us to say that upper management doesn't understand, 
But in some situations we do and we are just as stuck. Um, and I think that's the hardest part uh, is trying to explain that to someone who's never been in those roles before. Yeah. Um, but to address your initial question, yes, primarily burnout is a, is a major issue, but it's multifactorial. Um, so we've heard from increased violence, increased ratios, um, increased workload. And then during the pandemic, I mean, that doesn't help either. We're, we're already con combating something else. Um, one of the things that um, my colleagues mentioned, which I loved, was even the increase in disrespect. Um, the interprofessional teams in Ontario, we have Bill 124, which unfortunately um, really impacted contractual um, vacations, things of that nature, wages. And unfortunately, we also had interprofessionals like the PSWs getting wage enhancements. Um, there's bonuses now that have been thrown out that unfortunately not all nurses qualify for. So we're really, we're really in a division. We really are. <laughs> wow. Well, this is really great, ladies. And, and it's really nice to have that perspective from leadership, at least from the DOC, because, you know, DOC, I know sometimes maybe more immersed. Mm -hmm. uh, I know back to like what Barbara was saying and Homero's touching on, I think, you know, they're thinking sometimes like upper management at a hospital. That can be, you know, almost a different thing to some degree. And it, but, you know, still the same, the same stuff applies. Absolutely. Um, was, okay, so all of you mention, have made, oh, sorry. I was just going to mention that at the end of the day, who this affects the most is the patients. True. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. I, yep. Absolutely. that's who in the long run is going to be affected negatively the most. And that's who, that's why we're doing this. And um, it's just really sad to see. And I really hope that things change, but. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's a really good point. Thanks, Barbara. You know, ladies, you know what? You guys are really awesome. You know that, right? Like, you know, I, I recognize that. I know that you're heroes. And, and I really think that heroes have to be treated much better. Because after all, you're leading with giving. You're leading with helping. You're leading with making a difference in people's lives every single day, which is beautiful, right? So, okay. All of you have managed to, to develop successful careers in nursing. Uh, having overcome obstacles, obviously, uh, you know, so it, it, has there been any kind of a personal s strategy to, to do this? So I'll start with Hamara. Um, so I've been a nurse for about a year now, and I really think, like, even when I was in nursing school, for those of you who don't know, I was dealing with a lot of obstacles within my journey of nursing school. I actually lived in a domestic abuse shelter for about 10 months while I was in my third year of nursing and then in fourth year, we moved into market rent. And so when I moved into market rent, that made a little bit better environment for me to actually focus because I actually had Wi-Fi, number one. Number two, the pandemic was starting to ease a little bit, but that's when I got into the emergency um, department as a consolidating nurse. And so uh, my consolidation, which means my final placement was in the emergency department, which at that time, there was a third wave, and I think oncoming, like the second and third wave, is when I had begun my nursing journey at that time. And I think because I had, ha I had my final placement there, it really allowed me to um, kind of shape my nursing journey. Because if for those of you who don't know, the emergency department is really a one-way ticket for you to enter any other, um, I want to say, like, it gives you a really good advantage within the nursing, like, on your nursing resume, but also it gives you a lot of skills. A lot of skills but one thing that I was really afraid of was despite having a consolidation there 
you're really not prepared enough as a new guard nurse to work on an emergency department floor because you still need to shape your critical thinking skills. You should still need to shape a lot of things. Even four years of nursing is not enough. Like even right now, one year within emergency, like I'm still learning a lot of things and learning from those that yeah. have been working there. And COVID really made it easy for any, I want to say like, it's not that easy, but it still made it very easy for people to apply to whatever position they want without having the full support and understanding. Like the orientation for a lot of the nurses, the new grads, they, it was like eight shifts. That's not enough for emergency, right? That's not enough for anywhere. So that really makes it unsafe. And I think, but despite that, I think, the, going back to your original question about having a successful career within nursing, it's always been my dream. So no matter what, let's say maybe you're in nursing school right now and you're not sure that, you know, there's so many, there's so many people saying bad things about nursing and, you know, there's so much burnout. The reality is that I'm very happy with where I work, which is at the emergency department. And you might, you're going to find a field in nursing that's going to make you very happy. And you have the, like I work part-time, you have the ability to choose your hours too and still do what you want to do, become successful within nursing because it's a great profession, despite the obstacles that there are, despite everything that there is. And I think you really have to balance and you really have to have something else for yourself on the side because nursing alone, it used to be a great profession to just do have your one income source, but I'll touch that later, but it's not enough because it will burn you out if you keep it as your main, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Barbara, what do you think? Um, I'll shift a little, a little bit towards um, like starting off as a new grad and kind of how I overcame just I, if, if there's any new grad nurses watching this that pre-shift anxiety we're, we, we we've all gone through it and that for me it was just an obstacle like going to bed the night before uh, a day shift I would just be anxious I'm like what does my day tomorrow hold am I gonna get am I going to have any sick patients how do I prepare mm -hmm. uh, just like all these worries and for me what helped the most in these kind of obstacles just that pre-shift anxiety um the biggest thing for me was just arriving early and giving myself enough time just to read over all of my patients i had everything written out i had asked all the questions so that way at least i was set up properly for the day and i knew at least i've done what i can to prepare myself uh for what's to come and then the second thing, which I tell everyone, and I still do literally every single shift, is ask questions. There are mm -hmm. people working with me who have been working there longer. You have a charge nurse. You have a manager. You have doctors around you. Ask whatever questions you have because it's so much better to be safe than sorry. And um, I still do it every single shift. So that's that, those are my tips. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Ashley, what do you think? Oh, it's a hard one to follow up with because I'm thinking back to my pre-shift anxiety and oh gosh, it wasn't just a pre-shift. I think that continues. And I think a lot of new grads mm -hmm. understand. I think I didn't feel comfortable 100% that I was like, yes, it's me. I can do this probably until like the first year or two in yeah. is when I really started to kick in and it was like, I got this. Like, but you know, you've always got that anxiety, even though you know what you, what you know, um, you've definitely got that on the side um, for setting yourself up for success. Um, don't don't stay where you're not happy i've seen so many nurses who just tell me like i'm in this role because i need the money or i'm in this role because i have to be you don't have to be there's so many options out there um when i graduated um the three 
top ones I saw at the job fair were uh, hospital, long-term care, and home care. I had no idea that there was legal nursing, um, that there was nurse case management, which I'm in now. Um, these options were not discussed at all by the teachers because they weren't sure either, right? So nursing is such a big, um, a big realm. So, you know, don't stay if you're not happy. Be sure to check out the options you have. Um, and then in regards to that as well, even just for setting, setting yourself up for successes, know your standards, um, reach out to your regulatory body, don't, um, similar to what my colleagues are saying, don't do things unless you know. Ask questions first and, and don't just jump in. Yeah, well said. And, you know, you know, it's amazing because I've gotten to know you ladies and, you know, I don't have as much contact as I'd love to with you. Everybody's busy. I understand that. I'm respectful of people's schedules and uh, the hectic lifestyles we live. But, you know, doing this call is really great because it just shows the amazing attitude you all have about this after what everybody's been through and nurses had it probably worse than anybody you could possibly think of. Okay. And yet for you to still have this attitude and to say that you love it and to embrace it and to really still look out for the next nurse, the next up and coming nurse. So that leads into our next question. This is to do with congrats. Now this is really definitely in Barbara's wheelhouse for sure. But, um, I said, do you have any tips for new grads who are currently looking for their first work opportunity or already working, but are maybe having a hard time adjusting to their new roles? And you know what? I guess maybe we'll start with Barbara because you kind of do this now. Yeah. So uh, firstly, before you even get a job, like it's so tricky uh, finding one. I found for me, I applied to so many jobs and I only heard back from one or two. Um, I am telling you apply to anything and everything and at least go in for the interview. See what the unit looks like. Ask the manager some questions. What's the flow of the unit? What kind of patients do you see? And um, you may surprise yourself. And even if a listing is saying, oh, requirement, whatever, one year experience, apply, see how it goes. They may ask you to come in for an interview and it may surprise you. Um, and to any new grads who want to start off on a specific floor, like Emerge, like L&D, do it. Um, you don't have to start off on med surge. Of course, it's going to help. I'm, of course, medical, surgical floors, you're going to get great assessment skills. You're going to get a great variety of patients. Of course, it's going to help. But if you know for a fact this is not what you want to do, you want to work with babies, you want to work in Emerge, you want to work in psych, go for it. Um, there's no one, no one should tell you that you should work on any specific unit, especially if you know you don't want to um, do that yourself. And um, what was the question? What was the actual question that I'm answering? The, the question was about tips for new grads okay. who are looking for their first opportunity. Okay, that and then, you know, maybe they're also, the second part of that was if they're having some hard time adjusting to the new note. I know you guys talked a little bit about this earlier, yeah. but if you think you can speak to that, by right. all means. So I think adjusting, it's tricky because when you were working on the floors as a student nurse, you had a preceptor with you. You had someone that was double checking every single thing that you were doing and you weren't obviously working to the full scope of practice that you are right now. And it's honestly, even just that mindset switch that you're like, these people are my responsibility. These humans, like what I do and don't do is going to affect a human life. So that mindset shift 
is already a lot. So I completely understand that it can be a little bit nerve wracking. So again, for me, the biggest thing was coming in early and I had this little brain sheet where I write out all of these important things for every single patient, when everything is due, what's scheduled for the day, what's their history, what tests have they done? So this little piece of paper, I would go crazy with without one. Um, just coming in early, having this little piece of paper and again, asking questions is going to be the biggest thing that you can do, especially as a new grad. And um, if you have some coworkers who are starting an IV, who are sending their patient down for a test, ask to be involved in anything and everything that you can, if you have the time to, obviously. Um, getting your hands as dirty as you can as a new grad, amazing because the more you get involved the more you're going to see and the more comfortable you're going to be when it's your own patient who's going through that so that's what i would say um for getting yeah. started as a new that was, that was really great and i know that's probably going to be a little hard to follow up on but i'm going to go to Hamera. you what what do you think yeah i think those are great tips barbara um one thing for me was since like the first goal for every single nursing student is they want to graduate and find a job and that's what they want to do. So for me, that was the same thing, but I actually looked into the future. I wanted to do my master's. I wanted to get my nurse practitioner. So based off of that goal, even when I graduated, I said, what career, like which position would allow me to get to that goal quicker? Like I knew if I wanted to do nurse practitioner, I need to have critical care experience. I need to have, you know, two years of that. So I automatically loop myself into, okay, I need ICU or eMERGE or something like that. So I was looking specifically into those units, uh, into all those new grad initiative programs that we have. So anything and everything for that. So a lot of nurses don't know about the NGG program. I think it's new grad, the NGG program, I think it's what it's mm -hmm. called. And so it gives you a full orientation, a full like like it's, I think it's three months of orientation that you're getting, you're paired with the preceptor and it's a very comprehensive, um, it's a very comprehensive orientation for the unit. Even if it's a specialized unit, if you want to do um, ICU or, or ER, they would, some of them even pay to pay you extra to actually do the extra courses that you need. So those are what I was particularly looking into. Anything that would allow me to have maybe those critical care courses that you need um, so you can look out for those if that's what you're interested in. But aside from that, really look at your previous placements. So where were you placed before in med surge, stroke unit? Like what is it that you didn't like? Avoid that and then apply to the ones that you did like and apply like anywhere within your, within your vicinity or if commuting is not an issue because, uh, and also reach out to your, pre your, to the manager. If you've, if you've had a placement there, don't be afraid to reach out to that manager and say, hey, I had a placement. That's how I actually got um, my cardiac position. I didn't actually work on that unit, but I worked in another unit and I asked the manager from that unit to refer me to this to the cardiac one because that was my passion. Oh, my, that was my passion to start from there. So really just use the resources that you developed within your clinical placements as well. And then when you're searching for these um, for the for those actual jobs like Indeed, RNAO website and the NGG Government of Ontario website, like Caring Support. I know you guys have a beautiful platform for that as well. So there's really yeah, there's, thank you. there's really a lot of resources for you to find it. But LinkedIn is your best friend as well. But now with you guys, what you guys have done is you've kind of combined the two. So we don't really need LinkedIn as much. But I think that those are my biggest tips. Really, just reach out to your old network, connect with those managers, and then 
make your resume as thorough as possible with your all your skills and in terms of adjusting i think with adjusting it's just it's really going to be like the shift away from the preceptor as barbara had said so the same yeah, tip excellent yeah thanks amara and these were both really great and by the way you kind of beat me to it amara i was going to say at the end of this question is what's the best platform to get a job you know <laughs> uh, so you beat it to it and thank you so much for what you said i know all of you ladies that uh, you know have seen caring support really understand it get to see the value we're always adding new stuff to it and we launched uh, a while back we launched a free resume builder for candidates mm -hmm. you know for people you know struggle to have a resume for whatever reason that's a, like a, one of the newer features which is really great it's totally free right mm -hmm. and they can even email and print that resume so we're trying to do the best thing we possibly can to help everybody in healthcare nurses uh, definitely uh, you know and so many other roles but Ashley so on the t about tips and uh, hard time adjusting to new roles what do you think so <clears throat> when I think back to what was helpful for me was um, was finding a mentor uh, and it doesn't have to be necessarily your precept or even your first job or even your first role. You're going to find people that you really worked well with. Um, and whether that was in your placements or in, in ongoing, find a mentor. I found that those were the people I could reach out to for questions. We know that sometimes environments are not as open and welcoming for questions. So I would sometimes save my questions and ask my mentor or one or two of them at the end of the day what their thoughts were. Um, if you have trouble finding a mentor, you can also reach out to your association. So I know WeRPN um, has a great program, which is uh, there's mentors that are volunteers. They're in a database and it's all based by sector and you can reach out to them um, and they will connect you with someone. I know I've um, been a mentor by email for people that are working in the retirement communities. So um, it's a great opportunity there. And then the other part that I was thinking of that my colleagues mentioned as well is I didn't necessarily have goals of where I was going, but I looked at continuing education as a stepping stone for me. And unfortunately, I can't imagine going to school during the pandemic. Um, I struggled and I, I graduated in 2011. Um, I can't imagine doing it during the pandemic. And I felt there were some things that unfortunately school just based on timing, they tend to speed over really quickly. So I actually signed up. My first course was uh, in regards to lab interpretation and it set me up for success in future roles. Awesome, that's great. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, now the, uh, the the next question, without getting too deep, we only have so much time. As in, so I'm gonna refrain from you know political stances or anything like that. So if we could just talk about it from a healthcare point of view, so in light of what's going on in the U.S. regarding abortion rights, what do you think of the reversal of Roe versus Wade affecting nursing practice, you know, uh, you know, whether around the world, but certainly in Canada? Do you think that's going to have an impact? Do you think, I'll combine the next question kind of with it, do you think that's going to maybe see more American patients come to Canada as a result? Uh, Ashley, you go first, please. So mm, it's such a tough one because – Will we see more American patients? Yes and no. Um, we already have some un unfortunate issues in Ontario and in Canada. Uh, while we respect women's health care and their rights, accessibility here is tough. Uh, and so I, I do say, will we see more Americans? We, we may. Um, we may see some, some changes in how our services are delivered as a result as well, just based on accessibility and uh, where they are. Good point. Hamara, what do you think? 
Um, I think we're already having, it used to be a shift from Canadians going to America because of the wait times and whatnot. Like, and now we're seeing a lot of Americans come to Canada, you know, just in terms of how bad things are getting, how expensive things are getting. But in terms of that incident, really, I think it's, it really depends because what are they going to do? They have no, they may not have an option, but also financially, if they can afford to cross the border, go to Canada, find a place to live on all these things. And then, then possibly you may see that, but it really just depends on the individual's financial uh, circumstances and how badly they, they need um, assistance. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, Barbara, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with the girls and, um, who knows? I just hope that we are willing and able to provide that care um, for patients if they require it. So, absolutely, mm -hmm. very well said, ladies. Um, thank you. So, okay, this this is kind of the fun part because yeah, I know you guys relish this. You've been doing all these other exciting things. You know, Ashley's been in politics, and Barb's been doing a rock star business on the side, and Amara's been doing a similar thing, and um, you know, and even though everything's different, there's so many commonalities between the three of you uh, and you're amazing human beings, no question. So, okay, so you're known for these other endeavors apart from nursing. Barbara, I'll start with you. You're an inspiration for so many nursing students and new grads, no question. Uh, you got a massive audience, you know, here on Instagram, both your businesses, and certainly your nursing educator. It's crazy. Um, the first time I reached out to you, I was like, what? You know, when I saw your audience. And, uh, and you know, and by the way, through that association, that was how I met Hamera. Oh, awesome. And just so you know, yeah, just so you know, like Hamera was saying, I said, oh, yeah, you know, said Barbara Wallace, you know, I love her. She's amazing and all this stuff. And I said, would you like to meet her sometime? She goes, yeah, I would. I'd love to. And I'm like, yeah, so. What, what would be really great when this is done is you ladies should all connect and get to know yes, each other beyond definitely. this call, okay? Definitely. I highly encourage that because all of you are incredible, okay? So, Ashley, you're well known for being a nursing and community leader. Plus, of course, you, were, you got into politics on a provincial level for the Liberal Party, I believe it was. Uh, is that correct? Yeah. Correct. Um, which was... Yeah, awesome. And of course, Hamera is making a name for herself by empowering women because of her personal situation that she went through. She learned that and came back from that. And then she did something so beautiful, which is taking the lessons she's learned, applied them and used them to help other people, other women who are having this similar situation to empower them. So maybe what you guys could do, and I'm going to start with Barbara, if it's okay. Could you share a little bit about your entrepreneurial and leadership journey with our audience, please. Yeah, of course. So I started my small business, Nurse IQ, just about two years ago. And reason being was that I had this Instagram platform where I was sharing educational posts and tips. And I thought to myself, I wish I could create something physical where nurses could easily refer to kind of like my posts, but physically. And um, a lot of the stuff that I was learning as a new grad, let's say the timing of code blues or certain signs and symptoms of stroke or cardiac arrest or an MI and like what to look for, how to treat it. I was writing all these little things down in my notebook. And then I'm like, you know what, if I can make something 
like make this notebook come to life kind of and share it with my audience and kind of share it in a way how of how I explain it on my Instagram page because it's very relatable. Um, it's not like textbook kind of um, information. So that was the idea in my head. And this had just been right when uh, the pandemic started. So I had free time at home doing nothing. And I was like, okay, how do I make this come to life? And so the first few months was a lot of research, a lot of, I started talking to a lawyer. I was like, can I even do this? Is this legal? Because I know there's other companies that do something similar. What's the legalities behind this? So that was the first step. And then doing my research into not only how to create this product, but making sure that everything was accurate on my reference cards, making sure that there was no copyright issues, um, learning where to source my material from, learning how to create a website. There was just, it was all learning and it's still a learning curve. Um, now it's a little bit easier that I've gotten kind of the hang of everything. But yeah, so that was two years ago and uh, we've reached quite a few nursing students and new grads and I'm hoping to continue expanding the reference cards and doing different kind of fields. Uh, we just came out with a veterinary medicine bundle. So I don't know, expanding wow. a little bit into some different uh, fields. I, you could do any kind of reference cards for anything. I just want to make sure um, the quality of them, it's good. The information on them is relevant because a lot of pieces of information are just like, you're, you're like, I don't really need this. It doesn't apply to what I'm doing. So I really want to make sure that it's um, really rele relevant and concise information that a new grad um, would easily be able to understand. And that's Nurse IQ. Um, working at it to this day, and it's it's tricky because you have to keep up with the time. So now it's like TikTok is crazy. So I'm like uh, learning how to do all these TikToks and market myself with that and learning how to market through emails and Instagram. It's just a, a continuous learning experience, but um, it's been really good. And it's allowed me to uh, decrease my hours uh, working as a registered nurse, which has been so nice to have that balance. And it's been good for my mental health, just um, taking a step back um, from the nursing field. But um, obviously, I still I still work there. I love nursing. and I love medicine. I won't ever not love it. Um, but it's nice to have right. that option i need to yeah that's that was amazing uh, and and by the way uh it's funny because you know everybody like when we started building caring support this is being entrepreneurial we were doing our own thing we yeah. decided to flip the hiring model its head and say let's do this a better way let's bring all the candidates in one place let's have access to schools all this stuff so it saves everyone time mm -hmm. and which is huge and that all equates to money right all right so Himera. Please tell us this, uh, your story uh, when it comes to the entrepreneurial side of things. Yeah, I mean, so I mentioned a little bit about how I struggled a little bit within the domestic abuse shelter. And I couldn't afford going from $300 a month rent living in subsidized housing to going to a homeless shelter to going to $3,000 a month. There's a huge crisis, housing crisis. Even today, they said there's a 2.5% rental increase um, within the thing. So obviously, as a new grad, you go into um, nursing, you want to become financially independent, you want to actually maybe move out from your parents' place, maybe you want to travel, maybe you want to pay off your OSAP debt and everything like that. And how can you do all that when you can't even live like in a, in a place where you can afford it? And so nursing, unfortunately, did not, even though I worked 80 hours a week, it was literally like an inhumane amount of hours that I worked, three jobs. 
so I did cardiac, I did eMERGE, and I also did another job which was unrelated to nursing, but it was for EPIC, which is a hospital implementation system. So two full-times and a part-time. And I was the only one supporting my family. So I had to figure out a way to make another stream of income that would run for me. I needed to start a business. And I was looking at all the businesses that you could start. Everything needed money to start. And I, and I was like, okay, what do I do about this? And then I said, you know what? I need to manage my money because I need to get out of rent and buy a house. So what I did was I, I literally through TikTok, I would discover a, like how to trade, how to invest. And that was what I decided to do um, to actually get myself out of my situation. And I was able to use, like decrease my hours, sit at home for an hour or so, trade, and then make that money back. Um, sometimes more than my actual nursing income, sometimes more than my 12 hour shift. So then I went from 80 hours a week to two, uh, then I went to two jobs. And then from two jobs, I think two months later, um, I went to one job. So it was just the emergency right now. And it really allowed me to travel to do the things that I want to do and also pay my bills, pay the rent, pay everything that were the gas prices, all of that, pay and afford all those things because I learned how to manage money. And that's something that I'm really keen on because we don't learn financial literacy at school or anywhere. We don't. And it's unfortunate because yep. all the nurses on the floor talk about how they got a 50 cent increase or something. And the bonus pay that we were talking about earlier, it was only for February and March of 2022, not even 2021 or 2020. So it's really unfortunate the way that the system is working for with Bill 124, with all these things. And so I talked a lot about that in my journey. And now I inspire women to become financially independent. You can still do nursing. So I work part-time as a nurse, but I found myself happier because now I have the time for myself. So now with patients, I'm much more compassionate. I can actually do patient like care like in a much more uh, like less burnt out way because I have this side business that's running for me where I'm trading uh, at home and helping others learn how to do the same. So really, that was my journey. And, I, and now I help others start a business. I help teach others how they can get into pre-construction, a lot of these things. So this is something that a normal 22-year-old would probably not be thinking of. But because I was kind of like had to speed through life because of my circumstances, I needed to figure out a way. And now I know the way and I'm able to help others do the same. That's beautiful. Wow. Um, yeah, you ladies are awesome. You know that, right? <laughs> so, okay, Ashley, you, uh, and you can talk about some other things too, but certainly on the politics, I mean, that was an interesting move. Uh, and as a community leader and understanding healthcare and really wanting to, to just better your community, I mean, that was amazing what you did and how you put yourself out there. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that, if you don't mind? Thank you. Um, well, very similar to um, my previous colleague again, the, the financial literacy. Nurses don't learn politics either. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> we don't, right? We've were told, you know, not to comment on it or not to be involved in it. Well, the reality is healthcare is, is political. Um, the legislation that impacts us is at a provincial level. Um, so in January of this year, I found myself more, I've always been a community advocate. Um, Definitely done more media, especially during the pandemic in regards to vaccinations, um, accessibility, and that division I mentioned before with PSWs and nurses, that's really what led me down that role. Um, when I started to see how the division was, some PSWs qualified, some didn't, that was my first stepping stone uh, where I actually approached media and said, let's talk about this because I don't think the public knows and we're going to lose PSWs if we don't. And then it led to the, the bonus as well with nursing and having that conversation. 
I just found myself so frustrated um, advocating for my patients, advocating for my family. Um, my grandfather's in long-term care. He entered during the pandemic. And so trying to navigate through um, pandemic policies that often the front line weren't aware of what was happening. And that's no fault to them. Honestly, there was a lot of information conveyed either the day before or on a Friday evening. So I finally just put my foot down and I said, you know what, I'm gonna run. Um, we, need, we need to change some things uh, and that I'm going to run um, for my colleagues, my patients and my loved ones. Like we really are all influenced under that. Um, so I did run as the provincial liberal candidate for Perth Wellington, which is Minto to Stratford area. Um, we just wrapped up actually in June, uh, which is fantastic. We we are uh, in a conservative government uh, as a majority. So our work is not done. Uh, I'm still going to be advocating, still going to be involved. Uh, we have a lot of work that definitely needs to be addressed. So um, unfortunately for the government, it, it's going to be a lot more uh, discussions. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, absolutely. In terms, of, uh, in terms of leading to that, I, I actually started out with regulatory governance. Uh, I started out at the College of Nurses. I, I ran and sat as a term board member, uh, as well as a vice president RPN. And I highly recommend that to any new grads that are on this call. I, I definitely um, advise you to get involved with your associations, um, your unions, and also with the regulatory body. The regulatory body is unique because their mandate is to protect the public. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Uh, that's really great advice. And all three of you, by the way, it's amazing because, you know, even though people can say, oh, well, what, what Hamara did as opposed to Barbara, as opposed to Ashley is totally different. But no, do you know what? All of you decided that you wanted to do something to empower yourselves and that you wanted to, to think outside the box. You wanted to, to say, look, I need to do this. And, and certainly in Hamara's case, it's partly an emergency situation. Yeah, but what it did is it taught her to reach out and, and not only figure out things for herself, but to start to help other people who are in a similar situation. And, you know, when you see that this is all about leading by serving others, this is what it's really about, right? And, you know, and that's the best and most beautiful way to lead is to be mindful of the people around you and, and how you can help them. So you already have that in you. It's innate in you because you're nurses. But then you took that same kind of thing and applied it in the other things you did in life, which is really, really amazing. So that's kind of my questions I have for you guys. We, we are asking the audience if they're interested in asking a few questions before we go, that they can. And, I'm, and if I'm going to see any questions in here, I'm going to need my glasses. So, <laughs> all right. So uh, I don't see any questions yet because I think I didn't mention that we were going to take questions, but people can certainly ask questions if they want. I know a lot of you uh, – have huge audiences and um, and are respected for it. So I, I got one more question for you. What's it like being rock stars? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you know what? That's that's probably a question you think, oh, you know, I can't handle that because I like to be more humble than that. But Ashley, let me ask you a question. Um, I know that you go out and you help a lot of other long-term care and all that. I mean, I, I see that all the time. You're huge on LinkedIn. I know you use Twitter a lot. Um, and I think that's amazing that you want to help them so much. What compels you to do that? Mm, that's a tough one. Um, kind of leads in with your last question. It's kind of like, what's next? I, I, I remember feeling isolated and alone as a new grad. And that, that sounds terrible, but 
you, you know, you, there's so much pressure on you. You, you now don't want to reach out to anyone because you're thinking, I am a nurse. I got to do this. Let's do it. And I don't remember liking that feeling. So when I look in the roles that I'm in now to be able to assist, we helped out in long-term care with my organization um, during the pandemic. It was asking the staff, okay, what can I do to help you? And then a lot of the feedback was, well, you're coming in to help us already. That's great. And it was like, no, what can I do to make your job, life, residence, care, what can I do to make it better? Um, because that's why we're there. Yeah, beautiful. Beautifully stated. Uh, Barbara, what do you think? Um, for me, I started my platform like a week, two weeks after I finished nursing school. And I reflected back on my two-year accelerated degree, and I'm like, oh, my God, that was a <laughs> lot. And I don't know how I did it. I somehow did it, but it was so stressful. And nursing school, we all know, like, it's, it's not easy. And it's so different from any other uh, schooling, any other degree, the way that we're tested, the, way, the things that we have to know, it's it's a lot. And I'm like, if I can somehow make someone's life easier, who's going through nursing school, I will, because that was a lot. And we need to help each other out. We need to make things a little bit easier. So that's why I started my platform. And I want to continue helping out nursing students and new grads, um, just find things a little bit easier, because it's a lot. And when you add on personal life, and just things going on because nursing school isn't our one and only thing. So if I can make things a little bit easier in that sense, so that life for everyone is just a little bit easier, I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, Hamera? Yeah, going alongside what Barbara said, um, like obviously with the personal difficulties that I was facing, I was just thinking to myself that I know so many of my friends that didn't graduate the same time that I did, despite me going through a lot of obstacles and so I could feel that there was a little bit of you know like obviously the other person me or may not feel down about it so a lot of nurses when they fail a course they have to repeat the entire year and so that really demotivates them from continuing their journey so the reason why I had begun TikTok actually and that was where this all had started is because I wanted to inspire nursing students to not give up on their on actually completing their degree and I said okay look if I could go through a homeless shelter and do all these things, then you guys can definitely make it. Doesn't matter how many times you have to fail, you just keep going, keep going no matter what happens. And I've had a lot of love and support from a lot of these nursing students come up to me and say, you know what, I'm so inspired to continue my nursing journey. I had given up this year or whatnot. And so that really motivated me to keep doing what I'm doing and inspiring nursing students. And then within the, within the entrepreneurship, it was really just seeing those women in the shelters kind of struggle and then leading those two together seeing the burnout within healthcare workers because sometimes financial financially it can be a burnout too burnout leading to you know people quitting nursing and so those two combined allowing people to inspiring people to kind of continue their nursing journey as nurses as well as as nursing students both and by like literally financially empowering them and also like like motivating them i think that's what it helps and it kind of empowers me a little bit too, yeah. using my story, like pain to power kind of thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, ladies, thank you so much. For this. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask if you have any final comments before we go. Um, but uh, you know what? Now, here's the question. What's the best uh, platform for getting a job in healthcare? <laughs> Caring support. Caring support. <laughs> Thank you. Very good. Okay. So, um, all right. Uh, basically, um, uh, any final thoughts, Ashley? Gosh, I just love the discussions, to be honest, and I will definitely be following. I am, I'm a huge social media fiend, so I look forward to following both of you guys, uh, not just on the platform, but TikTok, etc. Mm -hmm. I I love social. So I'm very delighted. Me too. Yeah, very good. By the way, we do TikToks, right? We have a TikTok rock star on on, on staff, yeah. And yeah, I'm not going to do them. Uh, I mean, I love <laughs> watching, <should>. but <laughs> yeah. Uh, Barbara, what do you think? Anything else that you want to add before you go? Uh, just a reminder to all the nursing students out there: you can do this. You got this. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it. And uh, you know more than you think you do. That's true. Very good. Mm -hmm. Very good. Primera? Yeah, I think the whole world, the pandemic really made us burnt out, stressed. We lost a lot of loved ones. We lost a lot of things. We also became very grateful for what we have. And nursing at the end of the day is, if, you, if you're lucky enough to get accepted into that program, know that you were chosen and you can continue your journey and you can complete it and you can become a rock star. Come onto this platform and you know what? Find your first job through this platform as well and uh, you know, just manage your stress, do the things you love doing on the side. No one says that you don't have to. No one says that it should just be one thing and one thing alone. There are, the world is evolving. The world is changing. And so really look for what you're passionate about and pursue that as well as whatever uh, you're doing currently. So, Yeah. Ladies, thank you so much. Uh, this was really uh, awesome. Uh, it was inspiring. It was wonderful. It was fun. And uh and it was really great to, to see you all. And I, I look forward to, uh, you know, continuing the connections. And like I said at the beginning, make sure you guys connect, okay? And if you need any help with making that happen, please let us know. We're happy to do that uh, because you guys, uh, you really should get to know each other. And you're certainly everyone. Uh, you're like the, the dynamic, you know, uh, what, uh, I guess that was a deal, but it's supposed to be three, isn't it? Yeah. So, <laughs> no, I truly believe, like, this trio, like, I truly yeah. believe that the, from politics standpoint, from education standpoint, from financial standpoint, like, we can do a lot of damage, good damage with it by inspiring mm -hmm. nurses, nursing students, the government, everyone. I think if we work together in the yeah. future, definitely we can make a lot of changes happen. Absolutely. So, and that's a good point because, you know, for, for the audience, uh, for those who are not following any three of you, which is hard to believe, um, then I highly encourage that to happen because this has been not just this call, but any interaction I've had with you ladies has been incredible because you you make me think, you know what, uh, all of you touched on this, that, that anything can be done. It, it, no matter how downtrodden, how tough it's been, how, you know, you can come back, you can, you know, and, and there's really no failure. It's just another opportunity to learn. Right. So thank you so much. Thank you for thank you. Yeah. yeah. Pleasure. Take care, ladies. Bye -bye. We'll see you again.